This is our number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Together, we make up the John and Leah Show, where each week we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. You'll see a couple new uh, features there this week, including an updated version of our percentages for who's going to be the GOP nominee, as well as the next president of the United States. And Leah, I don't know that you're even aware of this, but um, there's an interview uh, under the uh, article section of freespeechbroadcasting.com that I did with the head of Talkers Magazine. Yes, I heard it. Oh, you did? Uh, I did. Okay, it was kind of a funny, interesting interview. Uh, It dealt with basically the talk radio industry and a little bit of Donald Trump's impact, uh, or vice versa, on the talk radio uh, industry. And so you can find that at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Also, <laughs> also, if you look very carefully, you know, my Twitter feed <clears throat> is up on freespeechbroadcasting.com. <laughs> and did you notice there's a change in my Twitter feed this week? I did not. Wow. What change? Well, it's you have to look pretty carefully, but there's I am now verified. Oh, you yeah, you're verified. That's right. <laughs> I am verified, which, which is one of the, one of the most hilarious things in all of social media. Uh, the notion that somehow Twitter has been successful at being able to create the illusion that if you have a check mark next to your name and therefore are verified, you're somebody somehow important, and that you are better. You're a better person, I guess. Than everybody else on Twitter, which is just like you're being the uh, cheerleader, the high school cheerleader of the Twitter feed. Well, it's a badge. They call it a badge, which they can take away if you're too politically incorrect. I'm sure my badge will will be gone fairly soon. Why Uh, would you want to be verified? You could keep your head down. Don't you know this by now in your life? Well, I, I think at least it's perceived that there's some benefits perception-wise, to having mm-hmm. the account verified. It's, you're definitely perceived uh, far with, ha- with having far more authority, even though it's absurd, uh, if you have the check mark and are verified than if you don't, especially by other verified accounts. So if I'm you know, trying to get some information out there or taking on somebody of the media, the check mark, I think, has some value. But the reality is, here's why I got the check mark. There's probably two, there's I think the fact that we made the heavy hundred for Talkers Magazine helped because it gave them a, a a reason to be able to say oh this this account deserves to be verified, but the main reason is this show advertises on Twitter. That's the I only, gotcha. that's the only real reason why they verified the account because we advertise on Twitter. That's the world we now live in, folks. Everything's fake. It's all everything's, about money uh, for purchase. Yes, everything's uh, it's all bogus. It's all bogus. Everything you think is real <laughs> is pretty much bogus. Yeah. Uh, except the John and Leah show. All right. Now, uh, we got a ton I want to get to in the next uh, just less than 2 hours, but I, I want to continue for now uh, on Donald Trump because every time, you know, obviously I'm very critical of Trump. And let me make it clear cuz you know, I know some people get very confused and frustrated by this especially people who have been fans of my other work, because there's a lot of fans of my other work who love Donald Trump, and they cannot sure. they cannot figure out why is Zig so against Trump? Because let's face it, on the surface, I should be a massive Donald Trump fan. 
Yeah. I hate the media. Politically incorrect. I hate political correctness. Uh, you know, he stood up for Joe Paterno, which has been a huge part of my life for the last four years. I met him backstage at the Today Show. We, he sent me a very nice note publicly supporting my work on that whole Penn State Joe Paterno thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of the Celebrity Apprentice show. He loves the poorly educated. <laughs> I love the poorly educated. Right. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why I should love uh, uh, Donald Trump. And, and let's face it, I got a radio talk show, and it's, he's definitely something to talk about. And he's been good for talk radio ratings. And certainly the, the fall campaign ought to be the most entertaining we've maybe ever had, at least on paper. So there's a lot of reasons for me to like him. The main reason I don't. There's really two, just two. Well, there's three. There's three reasons why I don't like him. He's not a conservative. He's not. At all. He's not philosophically a conservative. Right. He's not a conservative. Number two, I don't think he's qualified to be president. But, you know, going up against Hillary. he's so good in business. But going up against Hillary, I could could actually hold my nose on the first two. I could. I I really could. It's the third one. It's the three strikes and you're out. And he's not going to beat her. He's not only not going to beat her, the most likely scenario is he's going to get crushed. And we're going to The Trumpsters have... firmly believe that he is going to shellac her in the general election. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's utterly bizarre. I mean, um, there's not a shred of logic or evidence to indicate that. And I have searched. I have searched. Believe me, I have searched long and hard. I mean, Hope, hoping to find some. No, I absolutely have been. I, I am. Yes. I am. At, I am a hundred percent objective about Donald Trump. I have been more than fair to Donald Trump. And if there was a shred of evidence that he could pull this off, believe me, John Ziegler would find it. I, I'm the, I'm the <laughs> guy that could find it. I can't. Now I've said time and time again, if there's a massive terrorist attack or an economic catastrophe, yeah, it's possible. It is possible. Um, but barring that. I just don't see how it's likely. And the more likely scenario is we lose the Senate and maybe even the House if everything Correct. really just went to crap. Correct. And that, you know what that will mean? That will mean that Hillary is president probably for eight years with a Democratic Senate, a Democratic House. She gets to pick whoever she wants for the Supreme Court, probably yeah. a couple of different slots. And you know what that means? That means it's my, over. Well, not only, yeah, it means my daughter doesn't get to grow up in the United States of America. That's right. My daughter, three years old, almost four, does not get to grow up in the United States of America. So that's when I get pissed at Trumpsters, that's why. Yes. That's why I'm pissed. Because this was an election that should have been won fairly easily. Not super easily. Fairly easily. Um, let me give you an, an analogy. You know, I, I, maybe we should call this a, a segment the analogy of, a, of the week on the John and Leah show. Last week I gave the analogy that uh, this is very much like Titanic. the Titanic uh, whether or not we decide to try to just run right into the iceberg, which is what they should have done with the Titanic. They would have survived. That's the equivalent of going with Trump and just say, hey, let's do it. Let's run right into the iceberg. <laughs> We're going to lose, but at least, you know, the, we'll probably survive and no one's going to, you know, they'll, they'll save us before we sink. Um, here's the analogy I was going to use, which I think you'll like. The Democratic Party uh, in modern elections and presidential elections is a lot like Alabama in uh, college football and um, because they're loaded. They're loaded, and they've mm-hmm. got huge advantages, mostly the news media. The news media is like Alabama's offensive and defensive lines. They protect yes. awesome, and they pressure the hell out of the other side. So the, 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 Relentless. Right. So that's so Alabama 
in modern day college football is the Democratic Party. Republicans are like Notre Dame. And they're, no, they're like Notre Dame in this way. They still think it's 1987, 88. Correct. <laughs> they still think Boy, it's that's the, a good analogy. They, they, Notre Dameers still think it's the 80s. Um, and they think the 80s are coming back at any moment. <laughs> they, think, they think Joe Montana is going to put on that number three and uh, <laughs> Lou Holtz is going to run out and it's going to be awesome, you know, all, like, just like it was in the 80s and the early 90s um, and the 70s. So, but that's not going to happen. But that's what a lot of Republicans think. Now, um, now, interestingly, Republicans are really good when they play a, a cupcake schedule. You know, off-year elections, Republicans rock. Oh, yeah, just sure. Like, just like Notre Dame does. Um, but um, and in this particular year, here's what's happened. Alabama, in this particular year, their star quarterback, this awesome, charismatic dude, uh, who's been around forever, won, you know, several Heismans. In fact, he got, he got, he got given the Heisman before I ever played a game. Uh, this this uh, this quarterback right. named, named Obama, um, he's now his eligibility is is done, and because you know Obama's been such a dominant quarterback uh, for the last several years, they got nobody to replace him. So they've had to go with a fifth year senior who sucks, and um, it's a, just a terrible quarterback that nobody likes. So Alabama is vulnerable this year. They got a terrible quarterback, and so Notre Dame has decided. Okay, and by the way, Notre Dame has known. For, for a long time, who the Alabama's quarterback's going to be, and mm-hmm. that she is terrible. Um, so we've been debating who we're going to put up as our quarterback. And we've had a, several good choices, but well, instead of going with some— a horrific job of recruiting. Right, well, instead of going with some pretty darn solid choices, we had some top recruits, but we decided, you know what, none of them were really that exciting. Um, they didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't get blood to our private parts um, with any of these guys, even though they Tough probably seats. they probably would have won. They were probably good enough to beat Alabama with a bad quarterback. But we're saying, no, 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 no. Let's go with somebody exciting because we're not going to let the same people pick the quarterback that's picked them the last couple times because they got beat bad. Even though right. they, even though they were going up against a better team. No, 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 no. We're not going to do the same process again. We're going to go different. So the, here's what we decided to do. Um, it's not a perfect analogy, but basically Notre Dame has decided to go with Johnny Manziel as their quarterback. Uh, yes. So Johnny Manziel, super exciting, and uh, at times, can boy, he can make you cheer, um, but he's a lunatic, and he ain't going to win the big one. And that's what we've decided to do. Don, going with Donald Trump is like uh, Notre Dame deciding, you know what, let's go with Johnny Manziel. Uh, and uh, and by the way, what happened a couple years ago when Alabama played Notre Dame in the national championship game? You remember that? It oh, was a I slaughter. Did. It was a slaughter. There was there and, was a zero, yeah, I believe, involved. Well, I, I can't remember. I think Notre Dame might have scored late. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, look at that and see. I don't remember. We? But anyway, it was terrible. It was a blowout. The reality is that I think that's a pretty solid analogy. The analogy of the week on the John and Leah show. But every time, every time time you, you i want to give up on donald trump he says something that makes me go boy god i wish you could win uh, <laughs> and, and we're going to play that when we come back on the john and leah show if you ever have trouble sleeping do yourself a favor folks and listen up it might just change your life i know it had a big impact on mine i'm talking about using my pillow you may have seen my pillow's owner mike lindell on their tv commercials well my pillow is fit just for you the kind of sleeper you are on your back or your side or how big or small you are I love my pillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one my pillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. 
Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, Leah, we had a factual concern in the last segment. Were you able to clear that up? Yes. Uh, Zig, you were absolutely right. Uh, In 2013, when Alabama played in the national championship against Notre Dame, the final score was 42-14. to So it wasn't a no score there. I got it confused with the year before, 2012, (laughs) when Alabama pounced LSU 21-0. There are so many national championships, it's hard to keep them straight. That's a tough deal, being an Alabama fan. I know. Tough to keep your national championship (laughs) straight. Hard work. You get them confused with one another. I know. It's very difficult. It's kind of like like the life of my three-year-old daughter who's spoiled as hell, being an Alabama fan. It's very, very similar. Uh, All right. So I understand why you screwed that up. All right. No big deal. But I do think the analogy between uh, the Democrats and Republicans and uh, Alabama and Notre Dame uh, holds, and I think the result— unfortunately hold uh, come November. All right. Now with Donald Trump, uh, real quick, here's a soundbite from him this week. Just when you think, you know, ah, I can't stand this guy. He says something that, that makes you think, gee, wouldn't it be awesome if he could win? Uh, here is the consummate Donald Trump, basically everything there is about Donald Trump in one soundbite talking about one of my favorite targets, the news media. Okay. Uh, we're, I don't think he would be doing anything different either. It freezes at just the right <laughs> those, second. Those people, look at all those cameras zooming. They are the most dishonest people in the world. The media. They are the worst. They are the worst. They are very dishonest people. They are terrible. They are uh, honestly, and and I don't mean all, but I mean like 75, 80%. And they know it. They know it. They know. These are not stupid people, but they're very dishonest people in many cases. Do we like the media? Do we hate the media? Okay. Now, I don't hate anybody. I love the media. They're wonderful. But, hey, I guess we wouldn't be here maybe if it wasn't for the media, so maybe we shouldn't be complaining, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That one clip to me is everything there is about Donald Trump. He's politically incorrect at times, then he tries to erase that and says, says, no, I'm not that politically incorrect. He's schizophrenic, he's narcissistic, and in the end he's also truthful, although he did get one thing wrong, and that was the media is dumb. They are stupid people as well as being very corrupt. Uh, So every time Trump... You know, I feel like I, I got to give up on him. 
part of me that says I can't. All right, more Let's news. Keep them around. <laughs> when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. The John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. I've got a ton of stories I want to get to in the next and last hour and a half of this edition of the John and Leah Show. And the story that um, probably incensed me the most this week, and I think actually was far more significant than it was given credit for in many circles, involved the firing of a sports legend. And I'm referring to Kurt Schilling being fired from ESPN. Leah, tell us what happened there. Zig, well, we have a little bit of a problem here, Zig. Is Mercury uh, in retrograde or something? Because I'm having huge computer problems. So in a nutshell, uh, Kurt Schilling happened to weigh in on the North Carolina uh, deal where they wanted to ban men from going to the ladies' restroom. Uh, this was a transgender deal, but that's basically what it was. Let's keep men out of the ladies' room. Kurt Schilling decided to put on Facebook uh, something that was called controversial, which was a meme showing an overweight man dressed in leather wearing a wig with the breast cut out uh, in the leather saying, let me in, I belong in this bathroom. And his response to that was basically, if you're a man and you have a wanjit, you don't belong in there. Uh, and he was he was fired that day when he when he made that uh, post on social media. Now, Kurt Schilling has done this before, uh, sent out things that ESPN really thought was, you know, controversial, which many of us would say that it's not controversial. It's just the truth. Um, but they fired him, and since then he's gone ballistic on social media over this and other issues. Yeah. Now, to be clear, uh, here's what the meme said. It, you accurately accurately described the photograph. It's disgusting um, yeah. of, of this guy. And by the way, it's important to point out it appears to be a real photograph. There's no allegation that this was a fake photo or, or right. like an artistic. A depiction of a transvestite that was purposely uh, very negative. This is apparently a real person, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think that's important. But of course, <laughs> facts and logic and nuance don't matter anymore in this day and age. But but in, in a rational world, the fact that this is a real photograph of a real transvestite would matter. And in the meme, it says, "Let him in!" Exclamation <laughs> point. To the restroom with your daughter, or else you're a narrow-minded, judgmental, unloving, racist bigot who needs to die! Exclamation point. Right. Now, the point of this is twofold. The, the point is to show the absurdity of having this particular person go to the bathroom with your daughter. Um, that's number one. But number two, to show the fascist, fascist nature of the transgender faction, the, the supporters of of transgenders and transgenders themselves. They've done an incredible, for, for such a microscopic minority. 
They've point done an three ama- or something. Yeah, they, they've done an amazing job of making themselves a political force, lumping themselves in, uh, which would bug the crap out of me if I was a homosexual. I, I can't believe. You know, it, it's amazing to me that these other groups that they've been able to lump themselves into uh, have gone along with this, but they've been able to ride the coattails of mm-hmm. of the other PC movements. Uh, you know, and I think homosexuality and transgenderism are totally different things, completely different. I mean, apples and oranges. I think transgenderism is a mental disorder. I really do. And there's a lot of evidence to back that up, and a lot of people have studied it who believe the same thing. Of course, that's as politically incorrect as it gets. We're not supposed to be able to say that anymore. But anyway, the, the point of the meme was that we are now living in a world where if you don't let this guy dressed as a woman go to the bathroom with your daughter, you're the bad guy. I know, it's unreal. So that's what the meme said. And the the irony of Schilling being fired by ESPN is that it proved the truth of the meme. Mm -hmm. It it proved it because there was an enormous backlash. People on Twitter and elsewhere did, at least figuratively, although they probably did literally as well, want Kurt Schilling to die. They at least wanted him to get fired. And ESPN, of course, caved, because that's what ESPN does if, and this is a big important if, if you are a conservative white male. And that's what Kurt Schilling got fired for. Kurt Schilling got fired for being a conservative white male male who did something politically incorrect, which was 100% truthful, and a further indication that we're now living in a world that is so upside down that the insane people are considered normal and the normal people are considered insane. That's yep. that's where we are now, folks. That That is where we are in 2016 America, where you, the normal person, you're the bad guy. The insane person, the person with a mental disorder who wants to do crazy sh- crap like literally take a crap in the same bathroom with your daughter or worse, they're the normal ones. They're the ones that need to be protected and free speech be damned. Now, let me be clear as a free speech expert, wrote a book called the death of free speech in 2005, which was prescient on all this. As I always say, no one gave a damn. And I was right. I was more right than I ever imagined. I had no idea it was going to happen this fast, but I'm an expert having, experienced it myself many times on being fired for things you say on the air or this wasn't even on the air that's the other bizarre part this had nothing this had nothing to do with his job this was on facebook i get that he i get that espn has to be inclusive no no i get that espn has the right to fire him but there's two parts of this that are really troubling normally it used to be that that right to fire somebody who was in the public eye and, you know, as a broadcaster or commentator, what have you, was based on the notion that somehow the audience was no longer going to like this person because they said something that offended them, right? Right. Remember those days? Mm -hmm. Now, now (laughs) it doesn't even matter. I can guarantee you there wasn't 1%, not 1% of ESPN's audience would have been offended about this meme to the point where they would, like, turn off the television if Kurt Schilling was on talking about baseball. For those who don't Correct. know, he was a baseball legend for the Boston Red Sox and the Philadelphia Phillies. All-star. Yeah, and likely Hall of Famer, although, you know, I have to, I have to say, you know, Schilling probably has a screw loose, I mean, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. I mean, here's a guy who has lost a ton of money in business, needs the gig, hasn't been voted into the Hall of Fame yet, 
usually someone like that is just going to sit on their hands and take the check and be on ESPN at least until they get in the Hall of Fame, and then they can say whatever the hell they want. Because these sports writers who vote on the Hall of Fame are also liberal a-holes. So they're going to probably hold this against him. And the fact that he won't but be on... But he, he sent a tweet out saying that he didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do what? That he that he if he depended on this job to put a roof over his head and his daughters, then there's no way that he would have been able to say this. Uh, but he doesn't. Well, that's <laughs> fine. But he might not get into the Hall of Fame um, because of it. Because the the people who vote are liberals. The people who run ESPN are liberals. It's amazing Good, to me. I wrote about this in the book. It's always amazing amazing to me, considering I started my career in sports broadcasting. That those in sports casting are actually more liberal than the news media. It's it's bizarre. You wouldn't think that in a in a realm like sports, which you know most of the fans of sports are con- fairly conservative. They're mostly white males to most sports, especially baseball fans. And you know this the, the idea in sports sports is supposed to reward those that work hard and have no. achieve, achievement and you <laughs> know and there's, there's a final score and the winner is the winner and the losers I mean just right that right there it's conservative you got winners and losers based upon merit that's a conservative concept but <laughs> somehow ESPN is as liberal as it gets and that's what bothers me the second most the first part is nobody would have been offended in the audience of ESPN. Uh, so it's purely a political agenda by ESPN to fire him. And it's also a hypocritical, massive double standard on their part. Because those who don't know, ESPN has numerous commentators who have said things on the air. This was, again, not on the air. On the air that are far more offensive than anything Kurt Schilling did on this issue of the tra- transgender bathroom uh, issue. Uh, and by the way, they, you know, these people I'm referring to just happen, almost all of them, to be black. Gee, I mm. wonder if there's a connection there. I wonder if there's a connection where if you're a black liberal, like like an e- and Chris Broussard, an a- NBA analyst on, uh, on ESPN. By the way, he's terrible, but he happens to be black. He actually said that homosexuality is a sin and is wrong. Mm. And, and and they didn't even there was no problem. ESPN had no problem with that. Steve, well, it'd be racist though to fire him. Well, See, that's the thing. Stephen A. Smith says far worse things on a daily basis, but he's black and a liberal, mm-hmm. so you can't fire him. So that's the part that's most nefarious here, and most troubling, and I think also sets the most important and dangerous precedent, and that is the chilling impact. The chilling impact of this firing of Kurt Schilling is extraordinary. Because if you are a conservative white male in any element of the news media, and even, by the way, at Fox News Channel, which ain't ain't nearly, as we're seeing with the Trump thing, not nearly as conservative as they pretend to be or perceived as being before this election, you're never going to risk saying anything because you are so vulnerable as a conservative white male. So you will censor yourself. The chilling impact is enormous because... Can protect, it's everywhere. Protecting the gig is everything in this mm-hmm. day and age. Good gigs are very hard, hard to, to find. find in the news media. And most of these people are very insecure. They're very narcissistic. They need the money, and they thirst for the fame. 
They're not going to do anything to threaten the gig. And by the way, this isn't just in broadcast. It's certainly not just in sports casting. It's in academia. We're seeing yeah. it constantly. You, I mean, my, it's, 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 it's at least as bad, if not worse, in academia than it is at ESPN and in, in uh, news broadcasting. So, and, and it's just amazing to me that an issue like this, where the popular support for this notion has got to be minuscule, Oh, sure. I mean, I haven't seen, you know, any good polling on it. And maybe, maybe if you, depending on how you worded the question, you might be able to get a significant amount of support simply because a bunch of liberals would feel like they had to support it out of just, you know, being politically correct. But deep down, I mean, deep down, how many Americans really want to have men going to the bathroom with girls? I don't. I mean, I don't want them in there. Sorry, go use the other one. Yeah. (laughs) If you can stand up to go to the bathroom, you need to go use that bathroom. It's it's just amazing to me. And then you know, interestingly, Donald Trump's position on this whole issue Hmm. is has been incomprehensible to me. He has taken every possible position. He's generally the Cruz people have gone after him for being ironically politically correct on the bathroom issue. He has. I, I don't. I don't know what Trump's position is. But the irony here is Kurt Schilling was a Trump supporter up until the time when McC- when Trump made those McCain comments about him not being a real war hero because he likes the war heroes that didn't get caught. Right. Uh, and so Schilling dropped him at that time. This is an issue that you would think would be perfect for Trump. I mean, it's as politically correct as it gets. And yet we I think we saw the real Donald Trump on this. Sure, we which, did. Which is cave a, because cave? it's hurting you economically. Well, that's the most amazing thing Trump said about this. Huh. That that I think was a window into what really makes Trump tick. When yes. he his first response to this North Carolina issue was it's causing problems because of the economic issues. In other words, wow. In other words, if you follow the logic here, quote unquote logic of what Trump was saying, if you follow the logic, he believes that if there are protests that cost a state money, they should cave. Unreal. Regardless of the principle. That's the conservative, folks. That, Thank you. That's not a conservative. That is not a conservative. Trump's not a conservative. And I think he, he missed a, an opportunity on this particular issue. All right. Um, when we come back, a bunch of other news to get to on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And we go from one incredibly politically correct story to another. This one, Donald Trump decided it was safe to dive into. I'm referring to the issue of the $20 bill and the changes that will be made to it um, in the next uh, couple of decades. Leah, tell us about that. Well, because of a handful of activists, the $20 bill will be forever changed along with almost all of our other paper currency. The current resident on the front of the 20, former President Andrew Jackson, has now been painted as nothing more than a slaveholder, and so he must go to the back of the bill. In his place is Harriet Tubman, a former slave-turned-abolitionist who will go on to the front. The attack on the founders of the United States was originally aimed at Alexander Hamilton. He was the first Secretary of Treasury. He's on the front of the 10, But somehow, 
The Broadway show of the same name saved his place on the note. Secretary of the Treasury Jacob Liu, though, not stopping there. Look for a brand new $5 bill remembering MLK's speech at the Lincoln Memorial and another remembering Marian Anderson's 1939 performance at the Lincoln Memorial. So another transformation of America is that we will have new five tens and $20 bills. And when is this scheduled to take place? Well, the uh, all of them will be unveiled by the year 2020. They're not saying when they're going to go into circulation. Okay, because I had seen the uh, the year 2030 bandied about, but uh, and who knows? You know, by that point, we probably won't even have a country, so this True. might not matter very much. Or the dollar. Yeah, right. <laughs> who, who what knows? is this dollar you speak right. of? Who, what, who knows what currency we'll be using by then? Um, <laughs> look, I have nothing against uh, Harriet Tubman. Uh, it's actually a pretty decent choice if you're going to go in that direction. Uh, I do think it's so classic America 2016 that the play Hamilton, because it's a hit, that's what saves Alexander Hamilton. By the way, he should have never been considered for removal because he was the one that created the banking system as we know it. So therefore he belongs on the money. Uh, It's it's interesting, um, you know, our good friend Cyrus Narasta. Uh, the uh, filmmaker, the director and uh, of the Young Messiah movie and uh, the writer of The Path to 9-11 from uh, 10 years ago on the ABC miniseries, uh, he has been trying to get a movie made about Andrew Jackson for quite a while called Battle of New Orleans. And, mm. in fact, in fact, has Gerard Butler attached to Ooh. it. Um, Thank but, goodness. I'll go see that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, good. Oh, yes. Well, get, good luck getting it made because we've now had, you know, the, the, the fact that Young Messiah was disappointing at the box office. Gerard Butler's last couple movies have been a bomb at the box office. And now Andrew Jackson's being taken off of the $20 <laughs> bill because he's allegedly a racist. So this is basically the perfect Cyrus Narasta movie um, if that ever, ever ends up getting made. It should be because I've seen the script. It's outstanding. And hopefully it will. But uh, had that movie come out earlier and been a success, maybe. Maybe Andrew Jackson would have been saved. Um, but that's how insanely silly our, our culture is. It's just ridiculous. Well, it's all political correctness, <sighs> and Trump is right about that. And, you know, I have to mention in conjunction with this, the New York Times did a um, an editorial, I think it was yesterday, calling on my alma mater, Georgetown University, to give slave reparations. Slave reparations because... And this is a classic case where when you give liberals an inch, they take 10 miles. You bet. Because our president was so PC and so stupid that he gave in to some of these these racial Black Lives Matter people. I don't know if they were literally Black Lives Matter people, but they were wannabe Black Lives Matter people. Because apparently they found out that a couple of our buildings were named for guys who had once sold slaves. By the way, everyone. Not only did everyone do it, but here's the most hilarious part. Georgetown's in Washington, D.C. We were the line between the North and the South. Our colors are blue and gray as an honor to the uniforms of the Union and the Confederacy because many of our students were lost because they went to go fight in the Civil War for both sides. So the school went through an enormous hardship during the Civil War. The school would have gone under 
if they had not sold the slaves. So the guys who saved the university had their names taken off of buildings because it was proven that they had at one point sold slaves on behalf of the university. Well, now the New York Times is saying, well, if you acknowledge that that was wrongdoing by taking the names off of the buildings, now you need to track down. That's actually what they said. You need to track down the descendants of those slaves and pay them reparations on behalf of Georgetown University. This will never end, folks, and it's and it is it is absolutely it is absolutely a political agenda. All of this is by disarming you through political correctness, making you afraid to call out insanity for what it is. They once they disarm you, now they can rob you. That's, That's what right. they're doing. They've disarmed you. Now they're going to rob you. It's nothing more than a heist. That's what it and is. And they'll do it. They'll do it. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, I, I have, mean, I, oh, they're going all in. I I've, ri- I've written to our president, which I'm sure he discarded immediately. Um, saying, look, um, so I look forward to the day when we get rid of our, our gray color in our, in our color scheme. Because after all, we're obviously racist because we're honoring Confederate soldiers every single sporting event. And the, the entire university is blue and gray. So, yep. so how, how are you going to substantiate that? Well, I'm sure as soon as someone raises that who's not a white male conservative and doing it facetiously, because I don't count, as soon as someone does that seriously, I'm sure we will cave. And I'm sure that color will be gone, too. So that's the next thing to sweep the universities. Reparations. Yes. Well, and, and by the way, it's a great point, because that's the weakest link. They know if they can make it happen in universities, because these are a bunch of weasels who are incredibly liberal, then they can make it go beyond universities. It will never ever end. More news in hour number three on the John and Leah show.